Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by my fellow WEIO Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division Specialist, Ryan Brazell. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Fantastic. How you doing, Mike? Doing well. Been doing a lot of traveling this past weekend, so looking forward to getting caught up on all of the Eurovision stuff that's been happening over the last week. Yeah, me too. I actually, this is the first week that I have not watched the semifinal for Melody Festivalen. I'm looking forward to catching up on that, um, and we'll talk about that in a future episode. I, I did have an opportunity to go through and check out um, a couple of the songs that have been selected this week. I know we got a couple real busy weekends coming up. Yeah, and oh, we should probably also mention that uh, Ben's not joining us today. He is out in a boat in the middle of the ocean, I assume consensually, So, <laughs> uh, but he should be back with us next week. Hope you're having a great time, Ben. Last week, there were a few songs that were, well, two of them were selected. One of them was selected by default. So Greece, yeah. Oh, uh, Greece. Yeah. They, as some of you may remember, Greece is not in the uh, best financial situation right now. <laughs> and that, that includes their broadcaster. The way that their selection process was supposed to work this year was uh, they had, I believe they started out with 16 entries. And... For those entries, like they had to meet various eligibility requirements, so like your basic uh, Eurovision requirements, and then whatever additional requirements the broadcaster wanted. I don't know if they had like language specifications or anything like that. But then also entries had to be sort of sponsored by a record label, and then the record label would pay the entry fees for the Greek selection process. So they started out with sixteen or so. That ended up kind of falling into like six to eight entries that where like they actually got either a promissory note or like actually met all the criteria for the song that the broadcaster wanted to select then those got reduced to three entries uh again due to other qualification issues uh and then last week of those three entries uh two of them the record labels were just like nah we're good uh, so Greece was limited to a single entry. So instead of having a national final, all that was left was Yana Terzi's Onero Mu, uh, which translates to My Dream. And here is a clip of the song that will be representing Greece. <laughs> I really like dramatic songs, and I like that this is kind of, you know, has a very dramatic feel to it. It's it's really interesting between this song and is it Denmark's song this year that's like Game of Thrones ballet or whatever? Yes. Yeah. I feel like it'll play a, a really good counterpart to that song, like having a couple of these big sort of dramatic-y songs. It's also using some like flute 
sort of like Denmark's mm. 2013. So it's like it's it, there's this interesting like Greek Danish thing happening this year that like in 2013, right? Denmark won with a song called Only Teardrops, and it featured like a penny whistle and some drums and stuff. And so I feel like it's they're taking a little bit from Denmark right now, which is great. Like it's ending up it, that's it's usually the other way around for Greece, right? Because Greece, a lot of Greek songwriters, sort of like Greek and Swedish songwriters, basically underpin the entire contest, right? So right. that there's that interesting sort of that they're now seem to be sort of taking or at least working in the same vein as some other countries this year, which is cool. I like this song. I actually watched an interview with the singer, with Jana Terzi. The The broadcaster asked her, they said, well, your song's in Greek. And the broadcaster this year did require that all entries be in Greek, um, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. I like having um, songs in other languages than English, right? And the broadcaster asked her, so like, how do you get other people to understand emotionally this song when they can't necessarily understand the lyrics, which is a question for anybody who sings not in English at Eurovision, right? And her answer was basically like, yeah, that's a challenge. Um, so I kind of appreciate that she recognizes, you know, artistically, she's got to do other stuff to get people to understand what the song is about. So what, what about you? What do you think? Going on with the language thing, the video that I found to actually check out this track uh, was a lyric video where they had the lyrics were written out in Greek, but then it also included English subtitles. I found that I wasn't really paying attention to the English subtitles because I was just kind of caught up with what was happening like in the song. And it's like, oh, this is kind of a departure for Greece in a way that I really appreciate. Like I thought I thought their entry last year, uh, This Is Love, was a little too poppy and a little too simple. The final performance of it was fine. I like that there's kind of an aquatic theme to it. So it feels like it's kind of getting into like the whole all aboard nautical concept that uh is happening at this year's contest uh but yeah there's a lot of emotion within the song and and like from the part of the english subtitles that i was reading it's like oh there's there's some interesting storytelling that is going on with this song so this is one of the first entries this year where i'm just like oh all right i'm 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 liking what I'm hearing, and yeah, I'll be curious to see how well this does in the competition. I have better hopes for this one vocally. I think last year, yeah. Demi with This Is Love had some vocal issues, and I, mm. I, th- I think they, if I remember correctly, they basically resolved, there was a couple of high notes, and they basically resolved them by having a backing singer sing the high notes, or, or I think Demi just took it down an octave or sang the harmony for those, or I, I can't remember. Basically, they had her not sing those because she wasn't hitting them reliably. I have not seen Yana sing live yet. But she does have a lot of like music business experience. I was looking up some information about her. And in 2012, she had, I guess there was like a club hit in New York City called Love Is Your Name. And that was Yana. That was her. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So like some so some of the American viewers of Eurovision may know her from that. So I, I have a little bit of a better expectation for her vocally, which will be good. I appreciate Greek's water theme, you know, both because it goes with All Aboard this year. Last year, they also in the performance had a water theme, right? With Demi and the like yeah. the merman, and the half-dressed Playing merman patty and, cake. Yeah, yeah, playing patty cake in the water, which was <laughs> weird, but whatever. It's Eurovision. I liked yeah, it. It was no, great. No. Um Vocally, the performance wasn't great. I think Greece is pretty well positioned. You know, I, um, was it two years ago that they lost out on the finals for the first time, like ever? Yep. I, this is, yep. this is not going to be one of those years for them, right? Like this is a oh, perfectly, like, uh, this is a, an easy go, an easy pass through to the final. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they're also in the first semifinal, which is not the like, super complicated final. It should be smooth sailing for them. Sorry for the nautical pun again, but, uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> I see what you did there. I think. Greece is in good shape and definitely recovering from that loss a couple years ago. Yeah, for sure. I 
So another song that got selected this weekend, I guess, it was Belarus. They picked Alexiev. His song is called Forever. Alexiev is kind of a Ukrainian star, actually. He's from, he's singing for Belarus, but he's Ukrainian. He was a semifinalist from The Voice of Ukraine. Let's take a listen to his song. It must be something that we call love. It's when you're craving to say your name. So this is another song that was selected actually through a national final process, not through a fake national final process like uh, Greece had. <laughs> it wasn't intended to be fake. It just happened that it just, way. <laughs> it just kind of turned out that way. Uh, what do you think about this song, Mike? I think this song is fine. It's a, it's a little overwrought, but that kind of happens at Eurovision from time to time. And this is one that we've talked about a, a few times because a lot of people were, a, a, there was a lot of scandal surrounding this song. It's like, oh, but it's like the most pop friendly of all of the Belarusian entries. So it's probably going to win. Um, and it did. The actual studio track, which is available on Spotify, is, it's fine. It's, it's a really well-produced song. This national final performance, I'm a little concerned about. I thought Mm -hmm. it was uh, a little pitchy dog. Mm -hmm. The costuming and stage presentation, I think, is interesting. Uh, There was a trend, like 2012, 2013, where women singers wearing these, I don't know if they were like LED dresses, but it would end up like kind of having all of these projections on the skirt. Yeah, It was a really interesting visual, but yeah, they kind of stepped away from it because it was starting to get a little cliche. And Alexiev is wearing a suit that's kind of doing the same thing thing yeah it doesn't work completely and we'll have the youtube clip linked in our show notes but i like the idea of it and if it gets a little bit more refined i think it could be an interesting visual performance i don't fully get how it connects with the song i think the the performance issues he's got three months to work out all of the kinks so i i think it'll be fine uh, what were your thoughts about it, Ryan? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Vocally, like this, mm, no, this was, oh gosh, no. <laughs> it was kind of painful to sit through. At least he was consistently flat, but he was like consistently off pitch. It was just not pretty. About the light suit. So I think, yeah, I no, I think the light suit is a good idea. I think right now it feels a little bit like they found a, a cool suit with LED lights on it and they just kind of set it to like sampler mode, right? You know, like when you get, <laughs> when you get Christmas tree lights, you like can turn on that mode where it just right. goes through all the patterns that it can do that feels a little bit like what's happening with the suit it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it's intentional enough right now uh, i agree with you about like that uh, in 2013 i think it was aliona moon from moldova wore a dress and she had led productions and it, yeah it mm-hmm. was it was okay but it wasn't great i think part of the problem with alexiev's light suit is that they basically turned it on at the very beginning of the show and it just and it gets old Really quick. Like, I, yeah. I feel like they should instead, instead of going like the Aliona Moon, who is entry I loved, by the way, I don't mean to throw any shade oh, on yeah. her. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think that piece was as effective for her. I think instead they should take a model from Bulgaria 2016, If Love Was a Crime, right? Uh, yes. Her, so she, this is, um, what was so effective about hers, I think, is she came out in this sort of black and tan with like some like white pieces to it. And 
you didn't find out until like the last third of the song, they like kicked on the LEDs. And so it took it up a notch, right? That's, I think, how they can use this light, this light suit. If they turn it on from the very beginning, like he's literally just standing there in a jumpsuit with lights on it. Like there's nothing, and it just go, it starts going off. So I, I think they need to have some other stuff, maybe have him in a cape or in something that gets pulled off of him or something, right? And don't reveal those LED lights until the last part to sort of take that last third of the song up, you know, into the climax of the song. So it feels like a good idea. The execution right now is just not there. They have a lot of time to kind of figure out these kinks, but I think they're at a good starting position to improve upon this performance. And absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, Belarus made a good choice. I'm okay with the song. It's a fine song. And, you know, he's he's very famous. He's got sort of name recognition, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another song in the process that I, well, I certainly would have liked it better. I don't know that it would have been a better Eurovision entry. I don't know that it would have been more popular. But there was a group called Shuma. They're sort of electronic ethnopop. And a lot of folks have compared them to Onuka. Anybody who watched the Eurovision Song Contest Grand Final last year, one of the interval acts was this electronic group called Onuka. And they performed with their electronic instruments and then a lot of sort of ethnic Ukrainian instruments, which it was a really cool performance. And like to a person, everybody who was attending my party was like, why is this song not competing? I'd vote the heck out of this song, right? Mm-hmm. And so Shuma was in the Belarusian selection process. I, I would have preferred their song because it's a little bit funkier. It would bring something sort of new to the contest. You know, that hasn't necessarily been successful. Latvia last year brought a sort of similar-ish electronic song and didn't get through to the final. So I, I would have liked the song better. I don't know that it would have been a better Eurovision entry. but And it's kind of tricky to tell at this point just because we still only have about a quarter of the field figured out right so we don't know is this song going to stand out from the field or is this the first of seven other songs that are going to sound like this yeah very very true very good point yeah it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the field stacks up with relation to belarus like i said i love belarus because they play to win and they will make whatever changes are necessary so <laughs> well and ever since torpy hamster date right like you gotta you mm-hmm. I, you know i will always love belarus nice The last entry that was determined this weekend was from Montenegro. They had a national selection, which is the first time in quite a while that they've had one. And the winning song is called Inhe, which is by Vanya Rodovanovic. Here's a clip of that song. curious what will happen with this song the song is in the style of a lot of like serbian entries and other like former yugoslav republic entries where there's it's a very strong ballad with strings and like a fairly consistent build up to an end and like a power note and then the song just stops and it can really go either way with songs like this bosnia herzegovina had uh, their last entry, which was, I believe, two years ago, 
uh, was kind of of this style, although they also had some rap elements in there, which was an interesting choice, uh, which may explain why they did not qualify. <laughs> Serbia had an entry that sounded similar to this back in 2012, and they finished in third place. It's one of those song styles where, I don't know, it could just depend on if it's a rainy day or not, whether or not you're responding to it. I think I like this song, but I'm curious to see what, if anything, is going to be done with it. And, like, does it need tweaking or is it strong enough on its own? I'll be curious to see how this kind of stacks up with the rest of the songs in the second semifinal and what sort of position it gets in the running order and how it's going to kind of compare and contrast. It's it's like, it's a good benchmark song, I guess is what I'm trying to go toward. Uh, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, uh, this is not the conversation I want to be having about a Montenegrin song. I like my mm. Montenegrin songs to be like real campy and real like weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they have brought that in the past, right? With the 2012 when they had Rombo Amadeus and the Yero Ero Nero and the like weird monetary breakdance song. And, yes. um, and last year they had Space, which like, oh, that song, that video is just so good. Like I went on, I had like a like eight tweet thread about how great that song was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't make it through the final, right? Because it wasn't a good song. It was a great Eurovision entry, I thought. Um, right. This is just not that compelling for me. I, I I love Eurovision because of the weird stuff that comes through. And this is just kind of, yeah, like, I mean, I'm also interested to see where it goes, but it's not going to be a fundamentally a thing that it's not, right? Um, so this this one, right. get, this one I, I can already feel it getting a little lost for me in the shuffle. You know, I think you pointed out that, like, this is in the, this one's in the semifinal of death, right? Yeah, it's in the second semifinal. Yeah, so there, there's just no way this is getting through to the grand final. Um, and so I, I don't, you know, I don't think. So I, I would just, I would like to see a good song good performance I, I don't know that this one is is really it a detail of this that sort of makes me kind of sad for montenegro in general is that the final for this was held at a hilton conference room which i thought was... i thought i thought that's what i read but then it's like no surely that's not yeah what is happening well but... and again montenegro yeah. like they're broke right like so i can't yeah. you know I'm, I'm trying not to have inappropriate expectations but like last again with last year like space they won the barbara dex award which is the worst dressed award at eurovision basically so mm. it's not necessarily something you want to aspire to um, but at least it, it, you can tell that a, an entry is standing out in some way when it wins that award and i just don't see anything about this year's montenegrin entry that is going to stand out from the field yeah i mean unless it's something that where like the juries respond to it because the, the tricky thing here is the two times that montenegro actually advanced to the final it was with songs like this one yeah that's true and i didn't the most recent one was audio and i didn't like that one either for this kind of the same reasons and of course now it's like on my shelf and i'm like oh i love this song so yeah yeah that's that's a very good point it's a slow build and my personal taste is like oh like there's just it's songcraft but i don't feel like it's paint by numbers songcraft like it's like oh there's there's work in in this and it shows but it doesn't feel overworked i'll be Looking forward to revisiting this one uh, in, a, in a few weeks when, once we see what the full field looks like. Yeah. That is it with the full selections where we have songs, but uh, there have been some other announcements that have come through in the last week or so. FYR Macedonia has announced that group IQ, E-Y-E-C-U-E, will be competing for them with a song called Lost and Found. 
The song hasn't been released yet. That should be coming in the next couple weeks or so. Just from the little bit of research that I was able to do on IQ, they're trying to break into the U.S. music scene. So that's cool. Yeah, they they're, they they have kind of a generic sound like this. You know, I watched a couple of songs and videos and they're, they seem like a really good band. But again, there's sort of nothing to me that says Europe or Eurovision or mm-hmm. FYR Macedonia, right? They just seem like another sort of rock band that I would hear on the radio when I'm avoiding, you know, when I'm tired of playing what's on my phone or by Spotify and I turn on the radio and I hear them. So hopefully they will do something particularly special for this. Apparently there's three people in the group, but only two are listed as going to Lisbon. So I hope the third drummer guy is not being left out you know for for no good reason hopefully he doesn't want to go or something so yeah maybe he has a wedding or something yeah right. <laughs> or maybe he's just like no thanks like you don't actually need me so i'm just gonna peace out on this one which is not a terrible decision for him so yeah yeah um yeah I, I look forward to hearing what they do with that and then croatia announced that franca will be singing a song called crazy cool yeah so. <laughs> I, I i literally know nothing more about this <laughs> we'll we'll have to come back to that i do i like croatia in general they were they took up quite a long hiatus uh, for a while there. I think it was like three or four years uh, before returning in, see, that would have been 2016. And yeah, I think they figured stuff out. And yeah, the last two years, they made it to the final. Croatia is doing some good stuff. So keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I will look forward to hearing about Franca and Crazy. The only thing that I was like kind of bummed out about was that the song wasn't ready when they made the announcement. It's like, oh, like, I, I'm actually kind of excited about what Croatia's going to be doing. Yeah, so for sure. that that is a nice change of pace because uh before they took their hiatus, it was getting rough. It it really was. It was not pretty. Uh that is exciting. And then Israel's version of Rising Star, that wrapped, I believe it was last Monday, and there were four contestants in the final and the one who won, uh her name is uh Netta Barzilai. And she is what's called a looping artist, uh, where it's using a device that does live looping, where you make a sound and it's recording it, and then it just uh, plays it on a loop so that you can kind of start setting up beats and just repeating sounds. Uh, Like I've seen KT Tunstall use this. I've seen Erin McKeown do the same thing in her shows. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it can create some really awesome audio. We have a clip of, the, of one of her performances from Rising Star. And yeah, I'm really curious, like, how this is going to work at Eurovision. Like, I'm, I, w- one of the challenges is that uh, Eurovision doesn't allow recorded voice in, like, backing tracks. So you can't have, like, oh, this is six people on stage, plus all of these other voices that are just getting piped in. So I'm yeah, curious. Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like we we talked about this before, but I, I feel like Norway last year might have set the standard for them. So Norway last mm-hmm. year, Joust had his some of his voice 
in the backing track. But the way that it was allowed by Eurovision is it was his voice that had been recorded onto a keyboard. And then the keyboard was used to make the sound of his voice, right? Or it was very, very close to his voice. I'm not sure if it was actually or if it was just very close to it. And so the sound wasn't actually coming from him. It was coming from the keyboard and therefore it was allowed. Which is strange because normally instruments aren't live, on the Eurovision stage, well, and they but, and they weren't, but yeah. that that was they 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 made the argument that as part of the recording process, the voice, the mm-hmm. vocal came through through a keyboard. So it, she is using a different kind of electronic instrument to reproduce her own voice. That I feel like it's just it's sort of the logical next step from what Joust did last year. I am really excited, like just based on this yeah. one clip. She is fantastic. Like you can't see her, obviously. We'll we'll put a clip to this in the show notes, but she's wearing this like great bright yellow dress that just like taken no prisoners with this yellow. Like it is so great. I cannot wait to see her on the Eurovision stage. Just through this one performance, this is the only performance of hers that I've seen. Like, there's just so much charisma yeah. that that she gives off, and she kind of does the like Nicki Minaj like sort of vocal switching, where it's just being like, "Oh yeah, just kind of going along like this," and then now I'm a monster. Like, it's it's just like this <laughs> dynamic performance, but it's just so engaging. Since Israel started using this selection format for their artists, that's when they started qualifying for the final again. Yeah. And like this process is working and this is by far the most interesting choice that they've made from this process. And like that's not to say that their previous choices have not been interesting. They have been just oh, they sure. have been interesting as well. But this this one is just a step above. Well, and this is this is part of what Eurovision is about, right? Like the Eurovision Song right. Contest was founded for a couple of different reasons. One, to bring the continent together after World War II, but also to mm-hmm. sort of encourage technological innovation, right? So every year yeah. when they do things, whether it's the like, they have like wristbands on all of the audience members that light up and have like little LED light shows and, and just the, uh, the idea of having a bunch of countries across the continent to get together and vote. How do you make that televote happen, right? That infrastructure. So there's all this technological process built into you know, part and parcel of the Eurovision process. So the fact that Israel is like, well, we're going to like, you know, Joust did this thing last year. We're going to take it another step and and see what happens, right? Worst case scenario, she's up there and every the loop is not actually live, right? She's not actually creating the loop. She's faux creating a loop. That's the worst case scenario. But then like best case scenario would be, oh, she's actually creating the loop live as we're watching it. Like performing the entire thing live, which like holy – like talk about like dancing on a wire. Like I mean that's that's, that's part of Eurovision is the singer might vocally go off and stuff. But there's a a very small number of things that can go really, really terribly wrong, right? Like I've never seen a Eurovision song have the wheels completely come off, right? Mm -hmm. Because all of the music is pre-recorded and so it's going to keep going no matter what. The idea of this artist like actually – create like it's so exciting but also like nerve-wracking so i kind of hope that she is actually able to do the live looping yeah oh that would be so amazing to watch and especially like if it's the level of charisma that is present in this clip it's like oh wow yeah israel may be the a front runner oh yeah at at, at this early stage where it's just like oh yeah everything's completely speculative but israel's definitely up there i i uh, literally i literally listened to 10 seconds of the song and was like oh yes i love this i love this i love her (laughs) i need all of this on the eurovision stage right now so yeah i'm i'm into it speaking of buying and selling (laughs) (sighs) so san marino Marino. uh, yeah they their whole process this year has been 
really fascinating. So th- this is the first year that they've done any sort of competition to select their artists. Normally, the way they go about it is giving Ralph Siegel a call to write a song <laughs> and then seeing if Valentina Moneta is available uh, that weekend in May. Yep. And this year, they've just completely opened up the process to like making it a worldwide process. I believe it was in our first episode we were trying to get people to uh, sign up to be like a representative for the, for the U.S. for the San Marino contest. Yep, uh, I, don't, sure. I don't think anybody took our offer of the seven people who listened to that first episode. I'm disappointed so. in all of you. Try harder, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> there was an online competition where like you could just submit videos and then the public could vote on those videos. And then they eventually came up with 11 artists uh, from, I think it's from 10 different countries. There might be there might be two representatives from Germany, I think. Over the last two weeks, they've been uh, performing different songs just to kind of get a sense of where their strengths are. There, there were 11 songs written for the competition, and each person performed two of those songs. Uh, and then af- after this past Friday's episode, of those two songs, each person was just like, okay, you should sing this song. 11 songs. Some some people are singing the same song, but putting their own spin on it. And yeah, over the weekend, one of the producers of the show, a global rock star, uh, announced that the home audience can buy shares of the entries. So it's kind of like doing crowdfunding for each of the entries. What you're doing is you're buying a share of the royalty stake that is available for the song for like I think it's 50 euro is the benchmark. You can get like one quarter of 1% of royalties for the song for the next 70 years or however long the copyright lasts, which is a really fascinating concept in my mind where it's just like, oh, if you invest in the song that ends up going on to represent San Marino at the contest – and it does well at the contest. And so, like, a lot of people are streaming it, and a lot of people are buying the Eurovision compilation album. Like, you actually can benefit monetarily from it. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's so outside of the norm. Like, I, I don't believe that anything like this has been attempted by any other country, or at least not publicly announced. It's like, well, and, and crowd, crowdfund the production process for these songs. Have, have they seen the royalty checks that musicians are getting from, like, Spotify and other streaming? Like, people are getting checks for, like, 23 cents, because, like, streaming just does not, it just does not pay, right? So, I, I just, yeah, I don't, just, I just, I just don't get, like, Look, I feel like this is the episode with all the broke countries. There's a lot of broke countries right now. But in particular, yeah. I feel like this week, like literally Greece, Belarus, Montenegro, Macedonia to some extent, San Marino, it's just everybody's broke. And that's just a function of it being this time in the in the process, right? That like mm-hmm. countries that have more money will start naming the, their acts real soon because we're coming up on the deadline. So they're waiting till the last minute. So we'll get there. We're sort of still in the like broke country stage of Eurovision. But like I, I get that San Marino is broke, but this just does not – I did, oh. In the press release in particular, there was one sentence that I was like, what is happening, San Marino? So they say, if you made the right choice, you will make an awesome deal. You will profit from the commercial exploitation of a Eurovision song for the term of copyright. I'm quoting there from the press release. You will profit from the commercial exploitation. Like, is that really what how you want to pitch this? I mean, I guess I appreciate the transparency that you're exploiting people. But come mm-hmm. on. Come on, San Marino. I mean, I have to wonder how much of this is like legalese. But then there's also yeah. – there are a couple of dubious claims later on, like in the, in the section 
isn't about how the money aspect works. It's imagine you invested at an early stage in Ed Sheeran's Shape of You by having purchased the right to receive 5% of its royalties from all streaming services. With 5%, you would have made approximately 1 million euro only from streaming. It's like, mm. This song is not going to be at the level of Ed Sheeran no. or Beyonce no. or Rihanna. Like no. it's just like also also they're quoting you five percent. And didn't you just say that when you buy a share, it's like a quarter of a of a like it's like a fraction of a percent? Yeah, you would have to spend. Let's see, uh, it's two. I think it's two hundred euro for one percent. So yeah, you'd have to spend a thousand euro to get that five percent share. Yeah, and you're and you're never gonna recoup a thousand dollars from like. I mean, I get your point about the compilation album, and okay, like I get it. But you also number one have to pick the right song you're you have to know which of the 11 songs is the one that's going to even make it to eurovision and then it's if it becomes a success and then right there's just a lot of ifs involved in that they do say in the press release that if you uh choose one of the ones that aren't selected like they're still going to like fully produce it they're still going to try to shop it as a single and still like make a good faith effort to try to make it a hit song and i believe that they will make a good faith effort but like what are the songs that have come out of san marino even even with Ralph Siegel, right? Ralph Siegel, and we we've mentioned his name a couple times. He has written what, like thirty five Eurovision songs or something. He's been he has had a song in like every Eurovision song contest for the past thirty years or something. It's ridiculous, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we will probably do an episode about yeah. Him at some we point we usually have like uh, a ben, Ralph ben, Siegel. Ben has a very complicated relationship, I believe. Yes, Re- yes. <laughs> Ralph like greatest hits, like Ralph Siegel's greatest hits or something. Maybe we'll yeah. do a, a minor episode. Yeah, and he has one. He has won Eurovision a couple of times. Yes, uh, like a, a couple of his songs. Yeah, so have, he's so. like legit. But like Ralph Siegel. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so there's just a lot of ifs, and I just don't see that going well. I would much prefer, like, if they were like, look, we're San Marino, we're broke, Valentina's not free this year, like, could you send us 40, 50 bucks? I would totally just donate money, but this whole, like, exploitation royalty share thing, I just, I'm just not, I, I just... I don't know how I feel about this. I'm, I just – I don't think I could do that. I'm kind of tempted by it. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, am I just throwing good money after bad? So yeah. But yeah, I mean it's just – I if any country is going to try to do this, I think San Marino is the correct choice. Just because yeah. like good point. they really – like they don't have anything to lose by attempting to do it this way. And like if it's successful – then maybe this could be a, a new form of fan engagement for uh, for the contest. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, if it doesn't work out, like they were pretty upfront about it, that it's like, hey, did you see all the ifs in that statement? <laughs> so yeah. Well, and I did. I did just get done talking about how part of the part of the part and parcel of your version song contest is innovation. So so maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't give them such a hard time. Maybe this is an okay thing and I'm just being a little bit too kids get off my lawn about it. But yeah. yeah. I'll be interested. I I may or may not we'll see. I, I'm gonna have to see if this is something I actually want to contribute to, but I will certainly be interested to see how it unfolds, regardless of my personal stake or not. We'll have links to the site and press release in the show notes, uh, just in case you want to check it out. And one one of the other interesting aspects about it is uh, they have all 11, they call them projects for the, di- the different entries. The crowdfunding goal, I believe, for all of them is 8,000 euro. You can see like the progress of each entry. And three of the entries don't have any investors. One of the entries is already a quarter funded so you can kind of see who's the who the front runners are like if you're if you're super nerdy about like the the national final process like that 
that's another good data point that's available to you. This is interesting because, like, you know, the whole the whole thing with Greece, right? That there's supposed to be a national final and ended up as an international as an internal selection. You know, part of that was apparently like the Greek broadcaster was requiring like a guarantee, basically a deposit for each song yeah. by the label company, right? But like I saw a, a note somewhere that like they apparently only told a couple of label companies. And so like one mm. or more of the label companies wasn't actually prepared for that. So they kind of got DQ'd for no good reason. I guess what Greece is doing and what San Marino is doing are not fundamentally that different. They're looking to different people for the for the financial guarantee um, of the song going to Eurovision, right? I, I see what you're doing, San Marino. It feels a little weird, feels a little icky. If that's what it takes to get you to Eurovision, that I guess that's fine. And we do love you, San Marino. Oh, absolutely. We really do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this whole process is just like, wow, it's so it's so wildly different, but not really it doesn't have its foot in any sort of process that we're used to. So it's just sort of like, mm, like just kind of giving it side eye the entire time. Yep, just, yep, exactly. This week and this weekend are going to be crazy with selections coming through. This Saturday, normally it's referred to as Super Saturday because uh, there's just so many shows going on at once. There are still, there's still some semifinal stuff going on and uh, other qualifying heats. Uh, we're calling it Stupor Saturday <laughs> just because there's just so much happening and it's a lot to keep up with uh this week armenia is finally taking their process uh underway oh, uh it's a three-day process called uh depi Evratsil. it's different from last year's process which is kind of a bummer because i really love that show and uh arts fic coming out of it um yeah you can you can check out all of our old coverage at yourwhat.com. yeah for armenia's process they're doing uh, two semifinals and a final uh, by the time this episode drops uh the first semifinal would have already happened uh, the second semifinal is scheduled for Thursday. Uh, there are 20 entries total. I believe that field's getting whittled down to 10. And then that final will be taking place on Sunday. Uh, Serbia uh, the, uh, will be happening on Tuesday. Uh, Ryan, you're particularly excited about this one. I am. So I mentioned him earlier. Rombo Amadeus competed for Montenegro previously. He is in a duet with this woman who likes to do like weird covers of pop songs. Like, I don't know exactly what her stick is. but So it's basically two people who do kind of weird stuff in the Serbian selection process. They're one of 17. So, you know, the chances of them getting through are maybe slim to nil. But I'm very excited. If if I don't watch anything else from the Serbian selection process, I'll be going to check out Rambo Amadeus and whoever his partner is. Thursday, Germany will be having their selection process. It is Unser Lied for Lisbon. They have six entries that will be competing. The songs for the competition, I believe that's scheduled uh for Tuesday, so be on the lookout for those, and then uh, the final will be held on Thursday. I don't think they're going to have the super convoluted final that they had last year, Good. where it was six competitors, and then a lot of voting, and then I think it's just a straightforward these are our six acts, these are their songs. Yeah, Germany has got to do something, because they have been really scraping the bottom of the barrel the last few years. And, like, look, they're, they're a big five countries, so they're paying their way in, so they're direct to the grand final, right? But, like, last year's song, I can remember the woman's face, but I can't remember the name or anything about it. Like, it just, mm-hmm. it just was kind of not anything worth writing home about they placed last or tied for last two years in a row before that so mm-hmm. they germany has just got to get i don't know what they're doing and i don't think they know what they're doing which is a problem germany won in 2010 and then 2011 i 
believe they had another top 10 finish. Yep. 2012, they had a top 10 finish. And then it's just been downhill from yeah, there. Yeah, the bottom just fell out. I don't know what they're doing. We also have Hungary, right? Which I know you're, I know you love this. This is Adal, right? Yes. And we've got, what, 30 entries that have gone, been reduced down to eight. So we're working with the final eight, all of them men. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but I still believe in the process. It's just, it's, there's a lot of heavy metal in it this year. And then just a couple of really schmoopy acts. I'll, the final process, it's a little wonky for my taste. It Like, I, I feel like the jury has a little too much power mm. uh, over the home viewer. The eight acts will perform and each juror will give points to their four favorite acts. And then the, the four acts that have the best score after that process uh, will go on to the super final, which then the public gets to vote on which of those entries will actually represent Hungary. I've never really paid attention to Adal. I'll be interested to hear sir, your, in, your input. The only thing I remember ever paying attention to was a couple of years ago when Freddie was selected mm-hmm. to sing Pioneer. And there was this yeah. video of him singing the song to a bunch of like, it was like at a retirement community pool. Yeah. <laughs> All the people in the pool were just like, who is this guy singing up on the like edge of the pool? I'm sort of hoping that their song is better than that. It should be. And yeah, which is kind of funny because Freddie is uh, one of the hosts oh, is of he? Adal oh, this good. year. Yeah. Since Hungary's been using this process, they've made it to the final every time. There are good songs in the mix. It's just, yeah, I'm just worried it's going to be one of those heavy metal ones and that just heavy metal just does not do well at Eurovision. Well, except when it wins in 2006 with Hard Rock Hallelujah, right? Yeah, I, I, I feel like that is an exception that proves the rule just because there's a lot of costume work going on with that one. Yeah. That one is just so far afield. I just want the best for Hungary. I love it there so much. So (laughs) Latvia, their supernova process. They changed up the format a little bit this year. They had three semifinals of seven songs each. So 21 entries total. Uh, Originally, it was supposed to be two songs from each semifinal advancing to the final. There were some voting issues that happened in the second semifinal. So Marcus Riva, who was one of the favorites going into the competition. Originally, he did not qualify from the second semifinal, but then they realized the voting error. So so he's been given a spot in the final. So there will be seven people competing. Have you been keeping track of Supernova at all? I know, I know that Latvia has been one of your favorites uh, in the last couple of years, right? Yeah, they have been one of my favorites, partly because of the presence of Aminata and sort of mm-hmm. her performing and then um, writing a song. I am pretty sure I have to double. I haven't really been following very closely, but I'm pretty sure the song that she wrote is out. I, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was DQ'd at this point or hasn't moved through. So yeah, so I've sort of paid less attention to it since she's not involved anymore. Because really it's, I, I mean, I like Latvia, but I also just like her. What, what I'm responding to with Latvia is they've really gotten a more sophisticated sound. Yeah, like the, yeah. Some of the entries before they adopted the Supernova format were just atrocious. Yeah, they really were. They really were. The songs this year have very modern take to it like uh, a number of them have entered my like main spotify mm-hmm. like saved songs list not just my eurovision list so it's like <laughs> all right I, I i am buying what latvia is selling yeah so. <laughs> well and latvia and and moldova who also is selecting yep. um they are they're down to 16 entries so they're they're moving forward in their process those you know the sort of smaller countries that love moldova since 20 was it 2010 i guess when they had um the guys who were last year what, what what's their name help me out mike sunstroke, sunstroke yeah yes sunstroke project Tease. when they re- performed for the first time they had a special guest who sang with them but in 2010 and she had this great blue eyeshadow that went all the way across her face it was like this mm-hmm. yeah 
mm-hmm. it was just fantastic. So Moldova has been a favorite since then. And there was one year that I pretend like they didn't compete because it was just so atrocious, the act, that I just can't, you know, I pretend like they weren't even present at the contest. But last year in particular, they finished third behind Bulgaria, was in the second spot, and um, Portugal leading. So that was a, an amazing finish for them, for Moldova. So I'm excited to see how they capitalize on that. Yeah, that should be an interesting process. If anything, the show should be like full of panpipes and pyrotechnics <laughs> as usual. Yes, so. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. We also have Slovenia. Uh, they had a semifinal last Saturday where 16 were reduced to eight. There was a previous representative, Manuela. She was in 2016. Her song was Red and Blue, I think was the name of it. Blue and Red. Blue and Red, excuse me, the other yep. way around. So she has not advanced. So they will not have a a second time performance from her. Slovenia has been pretty good. They've, you know, they're not great, but it's like, okay, these are decent songs. So hopefully they can continue that, at least not send something real crappy. One of the runners up from last year, Be Cool or BQL, they made it to the final and I hope they win this time. I thought they should have won last year, and I think Slovenia would have done better had they won last year. I did not care for their entry last year. It uh, was basically the story of Pucci returning to his home planet. So, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> Slovenia, that, that one should be a good one. And Ukraine will be making their selection. They had two semifinals, each with nine songs, so each entries total. Only three songs from each semifinal advance, so there's only six that will be competing in the final. You can expect the final to take about three hours. <laughs> they do spend quite a lot of time on each entry. Like The judges give full critiques, so it's, it averages to about 20 minutes per entry. Wow. If you're going to watch Ukraine, and I do recommend checking out Ukraine, like they're, they are strong competitors. Budget your afternoon accordingly. The year that uh, Jamala won, uh, 2016, a lot of the critique was spent on the art direction and wardrobe choices uh, that she did in the, in the, probably with the expectation that she was going to be going to Eurovision. Yeah. So they wanted to make sure that they got as full of a critique as possible. A lot of people, I think, do not like the tone and the tenor of her voice, which is fine. She right. has a very unique voice, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't fault her for having a bad voice or for not, right? Like, she is a classically yeah. trained jazz vocalist. Yeah. So, yeah, there was basically nothing to critique in terms of the, the vocal the vocals in her performance. The guy who plays uh, Verka Soducha, like, he, he was really getting into it about, like, how the visual presentation is not matching the story of the song. Like, it, it was kind of intense yeah so. well good <laughs> to the point where it's just like is she not gonna win so well, but they, i mean they clearly so. took that and wrote it all the way to a eurovision win right mm-hmm. so good for them for really taking it seriously i had i had some major problems with their entry last year which was heavy metal which was heavy metal so. yes <laughs> well it was it was it was heavy metal it was, for, it was hard rock for, yeah it, it was heavy metal for like 20 seconds the like maybe the 20 best seconds of the song right the, the bridge between the last two courses but yeah so ukraine's been doing doing well since they came back right they skipped 2015 i think think 2014 they had what's her name with the hamster wheel the guy running the hamster wheel and then took a year off and then came back with jamala and last year that that song is on my actual regular rotation sort of it's on my also on my regular shuffle not just my eurovision shuffle Um, i've come to kind of love it so yeah so i i'm looking forward to hearing what ukraine does with theirs the last one selecting this weekend will be romania this year they adopted kind of a melfest style of selection where it was Five different semifinals held in five different cities. One of them was either this past weekend or the weekend before the concert was held in a salt mine. I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. So uh, there were 60 entries total, which is just bananas. 12 entries uh, per semifinal. 
only three songs from each semifinal advancing. It's not a situation where it's like, oh, we've got 12 songs and six of them will advance. Yeah. And yeah, so the final will have 15 contestants. That's a, that's a big final. That's a big final. It's a big final, but what I like about having a semifinal or like qualifying process is it, it, the more times that you get to hear a song before the selection is made, I feel like it just adds to the vetting yeah, sure. of the song. So yeah. I am fine with a final of 15 finalists if we've heard the songs before. Yeah. If it's if it's a case of, oh, these are the 15 finalists. And sort of, well, I guess I guess Serbia's kind of in trouble where yeah. it's like they have seven <laughs> they have 17 competing. It's like great, 17 songs. Like it's it's it just kind of turns into choice paralysis and the, what happened with Malta where it's like, oh, 16 songs, only three of them are worth anything yeah so yeah uh, but i don't think that's going to be the case with romania uh the, romania is usually pretty solid well and hopefully they'll actually go all the way this year instead of getting you know hamstrung by financial concerns i'm sure they will like i i, I think the ebu was much better this time around of making sure that all debts were collected before the eligibility windows closed yeah. so <laughs> yeah you don't want to that's a nasty surprise like oh we're going to eurovision mm. nope just kidding mm. you yep. still owe us yeah. 20 million dollars or whatever another thing to note about ukraine and romania they both have perfect records for making it to the finals, so... Knock wood, Mike. You're going to jinx it. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> You're going to jinx Hopefully it. Hopefully that streak will continue for them as well. Yeah. I'm sure it will. I think that is it. Any last thoughts before we call it a day, Ryan? No, this is this is great. We're going into... We're also coming up right on the end of... Um, we'll do an, an episode about this later, but we're coming up on the end of Melody Festivalen, uh, Melfest for Sweden, which I'm excited to talk about. So yeah, this is really the heart. I feel like... The end of February, just in time for my birthday, um, is <laughs> is is really the time when Eurovision starts to heat up. And, you know, it's funny because I – the early part of the season, it's always like, oh, we don't really have that much to talk about. I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over. And then the, mm-hmm. and then end, uh, the end of February hits and I'm like, oh, my God, everything is the greatest. And then that lasts for like three months. It's great. So very excited to be in the heart of Eurovision season now. That's going to do it for this episode of The Year of What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What Podcast is a production of WhatElseIsOn.tv, where your Eurovision News and Research Division specialists are Ryan Brazell, Mike McComb, and Ben Smith. Follow our coverage of this year's Eurovision Song Contest at our website, Eurovision.WhatElseIsOn.tv. You can also catch us on social media, where we're at EuroWhat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at ESC at WhatElseIsOn.tv. Please send us your questions, comments, failed entries, and anything else you can think of. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, or your podcast app of choice. While you add your subscription, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Get the word out. We'll be back with more Eurovision updates and nonsense next week.